For he is good, and his love endures forever. There were two friends who were walking through a field. And as they were walking through the field, they realized that also in the field with them was a bull. And this bull was angry. And the bull began to charge towards them. And the two friends began to run from the bull as fast as they possibly could. But very quickly they realized that they were not going to be able to get to the fence before the bull reached them. And the one friend said to the other, John, lift up a prayer. We can't make it. Lift up a prayer to God. And John said, I don't know any prayers. I've never prayed in public before. He said, well, you better do something because the bull's just about to get here. And John said, I remember one prayer from when I was a child. We prayed it at meals. Lord, for that which we are about to receive, let us give thanks. (laughs) Giving thanks can be easy when things are going well. When it's flowing our way, it's easy to give thanks. I want to talk a little bit this morning about giving thanks in all things. Scriptures in Ephesians, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says, Give thanks always to God the Father for everything. So give thanks always for everything. And then later in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we read something that is very similar. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So the command is to give thanks in all circumstances, regardless of where we find ourselves, what the situation might be. We are to give thanks to God. And as I said, sometimes when things are going well, giving thanks isn't that big of a challenge. When we're sitting in front of the television, watching football games, having just eaten a huge feast of delicious food, it's easy to be thankful. Lord, thank you for the provision you've made for us, the the shelter that I have, the, the family and the friends that you have given to us. It's a little bit different when our lives are not so secure, when we are suffering or going through difficult circumstances, undergoing tribulation of some kind, perhaps even being persecuted for our faith. Jesus said these times would come. He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but take courage, for I have overcome the world. Now, giving thanks acknowledges that we have been the recipient of something. Someone has given something to us. And so when we give thanks to God in all things, in every circumstance, we are acknowledging a couple of things. And it's right there in Psalm 107, verse 1, that he is good and that his love endures forever. So let's deal with the love enduring forever part first. When we give thanks in all circumstances... We are acknowledging that God's presence is with us. That God indeed is with us. 
as the Bible promises, His Holy Spirit indwells us. He is present with us in every situation that we find ourselves. Now, sometimes we don't really practice that presence. We don't really focus on or make ourselves aware of the reality that God goes with us. But when we give thanks through all of the situations and circumstances of our lives, we are communicating with God. We are speaking to him about the situation in which we find ourselves, and thus we acknowledge his presence with us. Very important that he always goes with us. There's a a scripture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus says to the church at Laodicea, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And anyone who rises up and opens the door, I will come in with him and I will fellowship with him. This is what makes Christianity absolutely unique. Every religion is all about us searching after a far distant God, making sacrifice to a God to appease them. But Christianity is different. Christianity is all about a God who is seeking us, desiring to be with us, wanting us to be aware of his love in our lives. He is a seeking God, and he has sought after us. He knocks at the door of our hearts. I'm here. If you open up, I'll come in and fellowship with you. When we give thanks, that's exactly what we're doing. We are rising and opening the door and allowing him to come in. Whatever the situation again might be, come on in, Lord. You're here, and I'm going to give you thanks because I know you are with me. I know that your love endures forever. And this passage that I'm going through right now, you will walk with me during this time. The three Hebrew youth in the book of Daniel refused to bow down to the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar had created. And as a result, they were going to be thrown into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar gave them one last opportunity to bow down. And they said, you know, we are not going to bow down to your image, Nebuchadnezzar. And you can throw us into the fire and our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we still refuse to bow down to your image. And so Nebuchadnezzar, enraged, threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. The fire was so hot that it actually killed those who placed them in it. And Nebuchadnezzar, in the midst of that fire, was astonished. Because as he gazed into the fire, he said, were there not just three that were thrown into the fire? But I see a fourth here, one like the Son of God. When we give thanks... We acknowledge his presence with us. We open the door to him to enter into whatever our experience might be because his love endures forever. When we give thanks in all things, we recognize 
his purpose in our lives. Now, this is so very important. God has a purpose for you. You're not just floating through life hoping to make the best of it, but God has a very specific purpose for your life. I've read this scripture to you before. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. It deals with our salvation and the life we live subsequent to that. For you have been saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, not a matter of works, lest anyone should boast. For you are his workmanship, created for good works in Christ, which he has, listen, prepared beforehand that you should walk in it. He has a purpose for your life. And so you stop and you say, really? He's got a purpose for the stuff I'm going through? Do you know what I'm going through, Greg? Do you understand the difficulty of my life right now? The suffering that I'm experiencing? No, I don't. But God does. And in that suffering, he has purpose. Giving thanks in all things recognizes that even in those very hard things that we go through, God is working out his purpose in us and through us. It gives meaning to those hard things that we are going through. Even if no one else notices or understands what you are experiencing, what you have gone through, God does. Now, giving thanks in the hard things of life does not necessarily mean that we give thanks for those things. A lot of times those hard things are the result of sin. We don't want to give sin any place. But we do give thanks to God for what he is doing in us through them. He causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. So even in those very hard things, he has purpose for you. He is shaping you, molding you. He has his hand upon you. And when you give thanks, you recognize that. You acknowledge that there is purpose to your life. No longer are you an angry victim frustrated by the things that seem to be happening to you, but rather you are a hopeful participant in those things, recognizing that a greater good is going to come from them. Ultimately, that you are conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's where we're all headed, folks. He is molding us, shaping us into the image of Jesus. And sometimes, in fact, I would suggest to you most times, it is the hard things through which most of that shaping occurs. So instead of self-focus and angry victimization, we have a God-focus, a faith-focus, a hopeful participation through all of the events of our lives, recognizing, again, that God is with us, His presence is there, and that he has purpose for us. He is working out his will 
in us and through us. So giving thanks in all things. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So I want you here this morning to just for a moment ponder that notion of giving thanks in all things. Is that something that you practice? And if so, how do you practice it? Do you testify to those around you, either through your words or through your actions, that you are giving thanks to God because he is working in your life through what is going on? It's a great testimony to be able to give thanks unto God for the things that he is doing in our lives. It's a great testimony to people who watch us and recognize there's something different about how they are handling this, how they are dealing with this hard thing. Because isn't it really the, uh, the place that we most often go to to complain, to gripe, to grumble? Why me? How come I have to be the one that experiences this? Where are you, God? And unfortunately, for many of us, even as Christians, that is what the world sees. Rather than someone who proclaims the greatness of God and said, says, God is working in my life, and I give him thanks for what he is doing in this. It's profound. So I want you to think about these four different refocusing perspectives that might help you as you go through difficult things to give thanks in those difficult things. First, understand the character of God. As we read in the psalm here this morning, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. So when you understand the character of God, that out of his very nature, he is good, he is love, he can do nothing else. He doesn't just do good things sometimes. Everything that God does is good because he is good. And the motivation for all that God does in our lives is love because he is love. He cannot change. He says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am the Lord. I change not. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and indeed forever. So God cannot change. God is good. God is love. So understand the character of God. He has not changed. He has not moved. Whether you are on the mountaintop or in the valley, he remains the same. So understand the character and the nature of God. Secondly, prioritize the kingdom of God in your life. A lot of times, the things that are happening in our lives, we are frustrated by because they are not advancing our desires, our hoped-for outcomes. But when we seek first the kingdom of God, 
and its righteousness. Jesus said, all of these other things will be added unto you. They will come in time. But focus your life, the work of your life, on the kingdom of God. Then it's no longer your kingdom that you're trying to build, but his kingdom. And it helps frame some, frame some of the things that you experience. Because as we build the kingdom of God, we will experience tribulation. We will suffer persecution. There will be hard things that come our way. But it's done for the kingdom of God. We recognize that this is a part of the package. And then thirdly, focus on eternity. Sometimes we get very caught up in the moment. I read this scripture to you last week, and it's understandable because, again, your life here today has meaning, has purpose. I've I've spoken of that. But this is not the primary goal or the end of the line for you. There's something greater that is coming. I want to read a few scriptures because I think this helps us very much. Therefore, when you suffer, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is only temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So when you focus on the fact that you have eternal life and that you will resurrect from the dead, That's the promise that we have as Christians, isn't it? That we will rise with him. So even though we die, yet we shall live again. And the ultimate purpose that God has is going to come in the new heavens and the new earth wherein righteousness dwells. That's your eternal home. And God is using this life to prepare you for it. There's a great, oh, here it is, here it is. Great passage here in Hebrews chapter 13 that says, and this is talking about uh, going through difficulty, suffering, experiencing challenges in our lives. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You see, Jesus also suffered outside of the city gate to make the people holy through his blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking forward to that city that is to come. So maintain an eternal perspective. These 70 years or so, however long the Lord gives us in this world, matter. But they matter 
in that we are planting seeds, we are setting in motion an eternal, an eternal life that God has promised to us. And so that has to be our focus. That has to be what we look to. When we go through these things, we don't see them as an end of themselves, but only as something that prepares us for the greater life, the eternal life that is yet to come. Now that, again, is not to diminish the importance of this life and the work that we do here, but we have to understand this life and the work we do here is all in preparation for God's eternal city. Finally, keep in mind that we are called to live by faith. We are called to live by faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. So sometimes when you are going through difficult circumstances, you don't understand the whole complex reality of what God is doing. But by faith, you can trust that the Lord is working out his greater good. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please him. So we have to give thanks many times by faith. That's why in the Old Testament, several places it is called a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You don't feel like giving thanks. You're not necessarily emotionally there, but you give thanks by faith, trusting that God has it under his control and that he's going to work out that good. He is faithful, it says in Philippians 1.6, to complete the work that he has begun in you. So, giving thanks by faith. It's, it's not unlike forgiveness. The Bible commands us to forgive those who have offended us. In fact, in a couple of sections, in the Sermon on the Mount and later in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, if you don't forgive your brother who has offended you, neither will my heavenly Father forgive you. That's pretty heavy. That's profound the importance of forgiveness, the command to forgive. As if we wait to forgive until we feel forgiveness, there probably will be many times where we refuse or fail to forgive. Likewise with thanksgiving. We have to do it by faith. We have to say, thank you, Lord, for what you are doing through this situation. I don't understand it. I don't like it but I trust you, and I know that you are faithful. And so I'm hanging on to your faithfulness, Lord. So understand and know the character and the nature of God. He changes not. He is good. He is love. Seek first the kingdom of God. Prioritize it in your life. And a lot of the suffering that you go through will make much more sense. Focus on eternal values versus temporal ones. And finally, live by faith. 
trust that God is faithful and he will complete what he's doing in your life. You are his workmanship, his masterpiece. He is shaping in each one of us the character of Jesus Christ for an eternal home that we will be perfectly suited for because of the work that he has done. Your attitude in life changes everything. You can have an attitude, as I said, of angry victimization or of hopeful participation. Charles Swindoll wrote a poem that's been out there for a long time, but every time I read it, it inspires me. And I want to read it to you here this morning. It says, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes. Attitude to me is more important than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are all in charge of our attitudes. So let us have an attitude of gratitude, a heart filled with thanksgiving for what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in our lives. Whether wonderful by our understanding or whether grievous by our experience. In all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great encouragement your word gives us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus, you promised the disciples as you ascended, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you have plan and purpose for each and every soul here this morning. Let us give thanks, O Lord. Fill us with your spirit that we might draw an attitude that reflects Jesus Christ and that speaks to this world of our hope in a Savior who has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. We rejoice in you here this morning and we give you praise for your great faithfulness. Amen.